Hi lovely, welcome to Bloom Best Stories. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Kate, I'm a passionate mama of three and a doula and I absolutely adore listening to women share their sacred birth stories. This is a loving space just for that. Each week I'll be chatting to women across Australia as they share their unique, very special journey to baby. This week, my beautiful friend Sally joins me on the podcast to share her birth experiences. Three peaceful, positive, relatively fast vaginal births. Sally shares her two older children with her ex-husband and her baby Vinny with her now fiancé Jack. So she gives us a little bit of an insight as to how that dynamic works for her family and what it was like birthing for the third time with a new partner that's experiencing all the magic for the first time. Highly, highly recommend listening along to this episode if you're a first-time mama. Just gorgeous, gorgeous birth stories. Beautiful, Sally. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to hear all three of your birth stories. Would you like to start us off by introducing yourself and your family? Well, thank you so much for having me, Kate. I feel super privileged to um, to be speaking to you tonight or today um so yes I'm Sally um I'm in Canberra I have three children um my first two babies I had with my ex-husband um they're seven and nine Sienna and Luca um and my most recent birth was um, my baby Vinnie who's almost 10 months old um, with my partner Jack um so we share the big kids, we call them, um, with their dad week on, week off. Um, And so the week that we have all three kids in the house is an awesome dynamic. Um, And then the week that it's just Vinny, then that's special as well. So we just make the most of each week that we have in each situation we sort of face week to week. Yeah, beautiful. Nice. I'm sure the big kids are very, very loving of their darling little brother. (laughs) They adore him and, yeah, he's sort of getting to that wriggly age. So when, especially Luca, who's seven, just wants to pick him up and cuddle him and Vinny wants to get down and, you know, his commando crawling around and he's he's a bit worried that Vinny doesn't like him, but I'm just trying to reassure him that Vinny just wants to see the big wide world and run around with the big kids. So, um, yeah, it's it's beautiful. And Sienna, who's nine, is just like a second mum. She's just... Mm. I just see her mirror, lots of things that I do, which is really special. Yeah, so nice. Would you like to take us back to the very beginning when you conceived Sienna? Was that a big journey for you? Yeah, so, look, I've, I really consider myself really lucky um, with my fertility because having babies has come really naturally and quite easily to me. So, um Sienna's dad and I had been married for a couple of years and we decided that it was time or that we'd like to have a baby and I think it only took us a couple of months Um, and she was conceived and um, actually finding out I was pregnant was, I think he's a school teacher and he was on a school camp and so I made a little video checking the test and I was probably testing a little bit early, you know, when you start to try and it's it's a bit of a novelty and all of a sudden it was positive and he wasn't there. And so I sent him this video and um, yeah, that was pretty, a pretty cool start to the journey. Mm. Um, And yeah, I was lucky. I think 
you know, I wasn't too unwell. I think just a bit of nausea and super, super tired. Um, but her pregnancy was really, really beautiful. Um, yeah, and I sought out the care of, I, I was going to go through the public system and then I was working for a doctor at the time and they um, were quite adamant that I should be under an obstetrician. So I went down that path. Um, which was okay. Um, so I had a doula as well, which helped me to probably stay really connected to myself and my baby and still sort of foster that very natural continuity of care, I suppose, with that heart attached to not just the physical care, I suppose, but the emotional side of things as well. Yeah, beautiful. I'm sure... Um, did you say Sienna's nine? Yes. Yeah, so back then I'm sure doulas weren't as present as we are no. now. Had you, how did you come to that? Yeah, so I'd never really heard of a doula before and um, actually my um, ex-husband's mum, one of her best friends, was studying to become a doula and I knew this lady, Tanya, and she was just a beautiful woman. Um, and she was actually a student doula. So I gave her a call and said, you know, I'm pregnant and I've heard that you're studying. Um, would you like to support me? And she said, well, I, I need, you know, I need to build up my number of women that I support while, while she was a student. So she was more than happy to. Um, and what was so amazing, I mean, we insisted on paying her, but she wouldn't even take it. She was just so beautiful. She said, no, I want this to be my gift to you. And honestly, I I don't think, I mean, I, I had always been excited about birth ever since I understood how babies came out of a woman's body. I was always um, excited to think, wow, I get the privilege to do that one day. And I never, ever, ever had any fear around it. Um, and, but I think, working with Tanya as well and having her support um, myself and Sienna's dad, um, that really, it just allowed the most beautiful birth. Um, and I think too, like Sienna's dad, um, by his own admission, he's quite ADD and finds it hard to sit still. And I, if I have, you know, a long birth or a long labour or a long time that we're sort of sitting around and if he gets agitated, and needs to, you know, get a bit of air, I'll need someone to support me. So it was sort of like we'll have Tanya to support me or him. Um, yeah, it was, we could really see this, like, little triangle forming um, so that the pressure didn't all fall onto his shoulders. So, um, yeah, it was it was beautiful. But I do remember when I mentioned to my obstetrician, I said, oh, so I'm going to have a – I've got a doula that I'm working with. And she went from leaning in and listening listening intently to what I was saying to leaning back in her chair with her arms crossed. She was not about it at all. Um, but I thought, and look, my obstetrician was absolutely beautiful as well. She was a beautiful woman. She got so excited every time she saw me and I felt like I was the only woman she was looking after. Um, but she was still very in that, you know, medical system and give birth on your back and, you know, all that kind of thing. So but yeah, I was just I was just on a cloud my whole pregnancy, and I was just so excited. And you know, I had this. I think I was twenty eight. Yeah, I just had this this wild innocence about my attitude towards birth and labour and 
pregnancy and all that type of thing. But I think that was a gift. I'm glad that I felt, I'm glad I had that innocent kind of view towards it. Mm. Yeah. And I know because we've chatted, but you yeah. went on to have an unmedica- unmedicated birth with Sienna. Um, what, did you have those chats with your obstetrician beforehand that that was your desires? Um, I, I think I did. I mean, look, I went, we had birthing classes and I remember going along thinking, I don't want gas because I had teeth pulled out when I was 14 and the gas just made me a bit loopy. I don't want um, an epidural because I hate needles. I don't want epidural. I just didn't want anything that would hinder me being 100% present in that birth. And also I didn't want anything, you know, that was going to hurt me. <laughs> um, I didn't, because I, like I said, I didn't have any kind of con- preconceived idea about the sensations that I'd be feeling through my birth. Um so I think I think I probably I feel like I had those chats more with my doula more than the obstetrician. Um, I yeah I can't remember it as clearly with her with the obstetrician, but I, I'd say I was pretty you know I want to be as natural as possible and see how we go from there. Um, I did have to have an episiotomy with Sienna, um, which yeah the the obstetrician just said I was tearing and I was tearing in a direction that wasn't favourable. So, I had the episiotomy and that was the most painful thing of the whole birth, you know, the episiotomy and then the, the suturing afterwards. That was quite, um, that was really not, not much fun at all. Mm-hmm. Would you like to take us through her birth now? Yes, I would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, I said to you before the chat that I think I'm going to get quite <laughs> emotional thinking about it because it was just such a special time. Um, so, with Sienna, I woke up um, on the morning that she was born. So she was born in May 2013. And I think oh, I I had my show and I lost my mucus plug. Um, and I hadn't had any significant sort of contractions. My waters, my waters hadn't broken or anything like that, but I'd had that show. And so I knew, okay, this is probably the start. Um, and I said to Sienna's dad, um, I think you should stay home from work today. Um, and he was pretty calm about the whole thing. And he said, okay, yep, if that's what you need me to do, um, I'll stay at home. And so, you know, he made his phone calls and we just, I'd had a couple of little, you know, mild kind of waves or sensations through the day, but very, very irregular. I wouldn't have even said I was in labour. You know, I just I just had this sense that something was kind of coming um, and through all of my pregnancies I had experienced Braxton Hicks intensely through all of them, but I just knew that these waves and sensations were different. So um, we had a great day. We just lay on the couch and watched movies. We watched Cracker Jack, which was a good laugh. Um, and I think... As the day sort of wore on, probably by about maybe two or three o'clock, I thought, oh, yeah, I guess these are contractions. Um, And then at about four, I think I rang Tanya and said, look, I think I'm, I think this is starting. Um, You know, it'd be great if you could come to the house. And the plan was always to stay at home for as long as possible. Um, So I think she must have got there about five, five thirty. And by then 
it was really funny with Sienna's birth because it really wasn't, it wasn't painful. It wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't feeling any of those uncomfortable things. I was almost just waiting for those next stages of, oh, well, at this time, you know, you'll feel like you can't do it anymore. And this time you'll start to make those animalistic noises. Um, and I remember hearing Tanya and Sienna's dad talking and she said, oh, look, we're probably in for a really long night and, you know, just we'll stay around here and we'll just, you know, we'll just get comfortable and, you know, we probably won't be going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and I thought, yeah, okay, that's fine. And so I said to Sienna's dad, can you please cook me some pasta? Like if I'm going to give birth tonight, like I'm probably going to need a fair bit of energy. So um, he cooked me some pasta and I sat up at the bench Um while he was doing that, Tanya and I were just in the bedroom and she just like had a heat pack on my lower back and was just sort of, you know, massaging my hips a little bit for me when I was feeling these waves. Um, I was really enjoying being in the position on all fours. Sienna was actually posterior um, a couple of days before I gave birth. Oh, actually, I'll just scoot back to the, the before I gave birth um, or before I went into labour, sorry, that I'd had a checkup. Um, so two days before my due date and I felt so ready to give birth. I did, I wasn't over it, over the pregnancy, but I felt really ready. And so, um, as obstetricians do, they said, well, if you haven't got into labor by this date, we'll, know, we'll book you in and induce you. And I thought, okay. And she said, I can do a stretch and sweep today. And, um, I said, oh yeah, like, sure like let's do a stretch and sweep I didn't really know what it was you know I knew it was touching the cervix and sweeping the membranes um but I said yeah sure let's do that and when she did the stretch and sweep I think I was already two or three centimeters dilated like I had lots of heaviness I was feeling really really I was ripening and feeling ready um and so I'll add a little bit more to this story so then after I had this stretch and sweep done um one of my best friends was actually pregnant at the same time as me and she was due to give birth two weeks after me and we used to when we were both on maternity leave which was only a crossover of like two weeks um about every second day we'd go to Coco Black and have a hot chocolate or an iced chocolate or really just indulge ourselves so I had this stretch and sweep done I went and had um, met my friend Kate um, for a hot chocolate and they'd every time they'd see us coming they'd look at us like oh gosh you two again like please don't give birth <laughs> in here um, before I sort of got to Coco Black I went to the bathroom and I remember thinking oh okay something is starting to change here and this was literally you know an hour or two after the stretch and sweep so um, I sat down with her and I I didn't say anything until sort of we were halfway through our hot cookies and I said, oh, so I've just had a stretch and sweep. Um, so, you know, I could we could be having a baby really, really soon and it was just so special to share that with her. Um, so, yeah, I think my body, as much as it is seen, I suppose, as a little bit of an intervention, my body, it was, it was a good, I felt like it was a good move for me and I didn't ever have any attitude of it not kind of, working I suppose so I was happy that I'd made that choice um yeah and then had a good night's sleep and then a day that I just sort of explained happened so coming back to um about 5 p.m 5 30 p.m on the day that I did give birth um those waves like I said had been coming 
on and off a little bit, perhaps becoming consistent. So at that point, you know, maybe they were coming at like 10 or 12 minutes apart for varying between probably 30 and 60 seconds. So super manageable, not, um, but there was that pattern sort of forming. Um, and then, yeah, so I sat up on the bench, sat up at the bench and had some pasta. And I remember seeing, you know, those funny things that you do without even thinking what you're actually doing, but instinctively it's like your body just knows what, what it's doing. So I'm sitting backwards on this stool on the, at the bench. And as I got off the stool, I guess I sort of like swung my leg over and it just felt like everything opened up and I felt this kind of clunk. And I just said, oh, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom again and I'd started to have some bleeding, um, which was probably just more of my bloody show in um, hindsight. But I sort of got a little bit, it frightened me a little bit, I suppose, to see more blood kind of coming. And then um, I guess the contractions, all those waves kind of started to speed up. And, look, I guess I don't have a true indicator of time because it all just kind of was exciting and it was happening and to the point that I'm pretty sure we left our front door wide open and I had to we had to ring my friend Kate and her husband to go over and shut the front door I left my phone I just I was like oh we're having a baby oh my gosh okay let's go and so we just got in the car and drove to the hospital and definitely in the car ride I started to you know use my voice and I was doing a lot of counting and just that like um humming and those vibrations in my throat were really helping me um, with any sensations I was feeling. It was about a 30-minute drive to the hospital. Um, I think we got to the hospital at about, I'm thinking about 8.30. Um, it might have been quarter past 8. Um, and they said, yep, come on through. Um, Sienna's dad went and parked the car. I hopped up on the bed, you know, and I lit, I just bounced in there. I was just so excited and um, said, oh, okay, so we'll do an internal. I was like, yep, great, cool, yep, I'd love to know where I'm at. Um, and they did an internal and I was eight centimetres at that point. Wow. Yeah, so it had all been progressing really beautifully. And um, so then I sort of like just pulled my pants back up and I was just sitting on the bed and, then all of a sudden there was this like giant pop and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm saturated. What was that? <laughs> that's your waters that just broke. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And then Sienna's dad comes and I'm like, my waters have broken. And he's like, that's amazing, great. And they said, oh, okay, so um, let's get you out of those pants, um, you know, and then things started, then the waves really started and then it all just kicked off. Um so before I knew it, I was 10 centimetres. They were asking me to push and I was having this this baby and I didn't know if I was having having a boy or a girl. So um, but I was having this baby and it's so funny, like once you get into that transition stage, they say, oh, can we, can we just bring a student in just to observe your birth? So I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like whoever can watch, that's, that's fine. And then I just went into my zone um, and the lights just being down and it being beautiful and dark and I had a lovely midwife. Um, I remember not kind of knowing how to push and they were coaching me a little bit. Oh, I think they put the trace on me, just the monitor on the outside of my tummy um, because I wasn't 
they said, okay, you can start pushing, but I wasn't feeling that urge, like my body, I wasn't feeling that body connection. Um, so they were just coaching me and saying, okay, push now. And it took me a while to understand where to push and how to push and you're not, not sort of pushing at the front, you're pushing at the back. And, um, yeah, I think it was probably a 20-minute push and Sienna was born and I remember I remember her head coming out. Um, that bit I do recall being a bit uncomfortable um, and then the body just sort of following on afterwards and then I had this beautiful baby girl and <laughs> I couldn't believe it and I literally she came out and I just said, oh, my God, I can't wait to do that again. <laughs> and um my obstetrician just said oh my gosh you're amazing I wish everybody was like you um and I was just oh just the the high I was on was just nothing compares to it nothing could have prepared me for how I felt or how yeah how powerful I felt I just felt like I was the most amazing goddess on earth and I delivered this baby and I'd I literally just, oh, I just enjoyed every second of it so much. And, but it was still just so calm and peaceful. And I just remember it being so quiet and, you know, nice and dark and just beautiful. And even though I was so excited, it was still just very peaceful. And yeah, I, I feel so privileged that I had that experience as my first birth and Tanya my doula once we got to the hospital she was really just on the peripheral and she was just observing and she really didn't kind of have to come in and be involved at all really um I guess she just um she could see that um Sienna's dad and I kind of had it under control and yeah he was he was really 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 good um I got him to give me a few kisses and just that really helped me with my energy to to birth Sienna. So, yeah, it was quite, um, yeah, it was a really intimate, really intimate birth and I, um, it was a really intimate time for the two of us and then, yeah, like I said, to bring this baby into the world and to see she was a little girl and I suppose secretly I'd hoped for a daughter um, because I have such a beautiful relationship with my mum that I really you know, would have loved to have had that for myself one day. So to have that was pretty special. Um, yeah. And then afterwards I birthed the placenta. I think I had the, I would have had the injection. I actually didn't even know I could say no to that. Um, it was just very much like this is the protocol in the hospital and I, I kind of didn't question it. Um, so had that and birthed the placenta and then, um, yeah, then had a couple of stitches because I'd had the episiotomy and then we were back in the room and I remember just staring at this beautiful baby girl and thinking, how can I carry you for nine months but I've never seen your face before, I don't recognise you? And that was a really strange kind of feeling to go, wow, I'm meeting you for the first time but you've been with me all this time. Um, so it took me a little while to kind of get to know her and because I was in a private hospital, they let me stay, you know, you stay for about four nights. And I think it was night two and I I hadn't slept because they knew that I was just staring at her constantly. Mm -hmm. um, so let's take her to the nursery so you can get a little bit of sleep. And I was just, I was so worried I was going to forget her face or forget what she looked like. And I really didn't want them to take her, but I said, okay, take her 
for, you know, an hour or so and I'll close my eyes because I can't close my eyes while she's next to me. Um, she was just so beautiful. And, yeah, I had a little rest and then I, I did. I trotted down and got her about an hour or so later because I thought, no, I'm not okay with her not being right next to me. So that was the last time she went down to the nursery. But, yeah, what a ride. It was just so beautiful. Yeah. Prior to us recording, Sally had said that it was such a beautiful, intimate experience that there could have been harps playing in the background. That's so nice. It literally, it just was the most magical experience, Um, almost to the point that when I joined a mum's group and I started sharing my story, I started to feel a bit guilty about how magical my time had been because most of the women I spoke to had had these really kind of challenging times and there was a lot of fear. And um, so I actually withdrew from sharing my story too much because, I, yeah, like I said, I just felt a little bit guilty. But I've really um, tried to share it with as many people as possible now because I think there needs to be much, much more. And it is, it's growing, you know, with the work you do and there's so many more doulas and, birth positive people out there but really celebrate like the goddess of a woman you know and how we do birth these babies and yeah it's, it's just so incredible mm. um yeah it is so important that you share your story because um i mean sometimes fear can create more fear but then yes positive birth stories and beautiful birth experiences that certainly filters through to other people and then they think wow that's what I want and that's what we can do so yes really powerful thing to share our stories yeah no I agree Kate I think it's it's really special and there was a period of time there that I thought I want to be a doula and I want to be able to do what Tanya did for me um but as you know in my work I work with women as well and thought no I I know my calling um I'm really lucky that I've had this experience and yeah I'll spread the word and you know recommend that people have doulas to support them um but yeah it's it's just so special what we can do with the right team around us yeah absolutely so having such a beautiful birth experience and obviously being very excited to do that again when were you thinking about having another baby um I think we'd always said we'll wait until Sienna turned one at least um so I think she was she must have been about 18 months before we sort of started trying and I think with Luca it was only yeah another like a month or two of trying um he's a November baby so yeah um and it's actually his birthday today. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he um, – it, it happened pretty quickly. Actually, yes, that's not, not a funny story, but, yeah, a story around that as well. I remember we – I went to the doctor. We'd, I think we'd had, like, one or two months trying, um, and I was 29 and I thought, okay, it must have been February. So I said to Luca's dad – let's um let's if we're not pregnant this month let's take the next two months off because then I'll be I'll have my 30th in April and we can you know we'll have a party and 
that'll be really fine. And then we'll start trying again after that. Um, so I went to the doctor just for like a bit of a routine checkup just before for like that preconception kind of checkup. And I wanted to have a pap test and all that sort of thing. And she said, oh, is there any chance you could be pregnant? And I said, well, there is, but I don't think I am. Like I feel like I feel pre- premenstrual, so I don't think I am. She said, let's just do a test anyway. So went out and, you know, brought the cup back in and she did the test and she said, um, you're pregnant. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh my gosh. And it had just been our wedding anniversary. And I said, oh my gosh, I've just had the bougiest weekend away. Like I was eating seafood and we drank champagne and she just reassured me that it'd all be fine. But I just thought, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I was pregnant. Um, so, and I, cause I think I was still about three or four, maybe even five days before I was due for my period or for my bleed to start. So, um, that was pretty exciting. So, I can't remember if I ended up doing the pap test or not because there's a slight risk, but I can't even remember. But anyway, um, I remember having to go back to work and thinking, I've just gotten the most wonderful news and how am I going to keep it to myself? So I pulled one of my colleagues into my treatment room and I said, guess what I've just found out. (laughs) She's like, oh, my gosh. So um, that was really nice to share with that. And obviously then, you know, I called my ex-husband and said guess what we're having another baby and um of course he was pretty chuffed with himself and we were very excited and um both of us along the way you know some of our our close friends have had um challenges with you know conceiving and um that type of thing so we never for a second felt anything other than gratitude for being able to fall pregnant so um, so swiftly and to have these these beautiful pregnancies I really you know my body just handled it really really well so um, I think with Luca I'm trying to think I, I don't I didn't throw up I might have thrown up once with Sienna I don't think I did with Luke so I had a pretty pretty good first trimester um, again just tired and yeah but no it was a it was a good start to the pregnancy for sure yeah so you felt really well through his pregnancy then not really yeah yeah no I mean just that sort of normal like nausea and um being a bit tired yeah I mean the fatigue in that first trimester with with all my babies has been pretty intense but um yeah not not too bad and I mean I had Sienna she was um she wasn't quite two so you know toddlers are pretty um, you've got to be doing a fair bit of running around. So I actually felt fitter in that pregnancy in some ways because I had no choice but to move my body daily and to get up and down off the floor and to keep really, really mobile. Um, with Sienna's pregnancy, I did yoga and aqua slam and I walked and I think with Luxy, I think I did yoga as well um, and I don't think I did as much swimming but yeah, no, I did. I felt felt really, really good with him. Um, I f- remember just getting bigger, faster. I remember being about ten weeks and into maternity genes already. And I'm not, I'm not a huge person. I'm a pretty small frame. And um, yeah, so there's not much, there's not much to hide, like nowhere to hide a baby. So I just was always out in front. And um, but. I didn't care. I just loved being pregnant. And the earlier my tummy showed, that was quite okay with me. You know, I just loved having that tummy and I'm a real pregnant 
belly rubber. Like I would, was always just rubbing my belly and just, you know, celebrating it. So, yeah, I didn't mind. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so I was 10 weeks pregnant at my 30th birthday party. And so we announced it to all of our friends and family then, which was pretty cool. A um, couple of my girlfriends were on to me, though, as soon as they got there and, you know, they were like going to the bar and what can we get you? I said, oh, oh I've just I've just got to finish writing my speech and then I'll get something and they, they, they smelled a rat straight away because <laughs> I was always the first one to, you know, buy that bottle of champagne or order those cocktails. So, um, yeah, they were right on to me. But, um, yeah, it was, like I said, another beautiful pregnancy and um, Sienna is just, she's always been just a beautiful child and yeah she I remember just napping on the floor of her bedroom kind of like in front of the door so she couldn't get out the door and she would just play and I'd just lay there and watch her and yeah she was quite happy just to have mum there and yeah she didn't she didn't ask for much just you know me being around was enough for her which was so nice yeah. Oh, I wish, I wish my daughter did that. It was like WWE SmackDown Central when I was pregnant. Yeah. Like. Oh, you poor thing. No, Sienna <laughs> is the gentlest soul and just she's a nurturer as well. So yeah. she would just be, you know, covering me with a blanket and just patting me and making sure I was okay. <laughs> oh, it was so beautiful. Yes. It was so beautiful. Oh, nice. And did, were you going with the same obstetrician this time? Yeah. So um, as soon as I told my boss, because I'd worked for these guys for a really, really long time. I ended up, I finished up working with them last year, but I'd worked for them for 14 years. So um was literally like part of the family. So they insisted on, you know, supporting me to go down that path again. And um, it was nice. And I knew um, the obstetrician and how lovely she was and, I knew that she'd take good care of me. So um, decided to go down that path again. I, in hindsight, I wish I'd involved my doula, Tanya, a little bit more. Um, I sort of felt like, oh, I had this great birth the first time around. I probably don't need another doula. Like I'll know what I'm doing. And I think we had a couple of little touch-ins, but nothing like the... um, you know, really intimate conversations that we had leading up to Sienna's birth. So I kind of had a bit of a plan, but I didn't. I just thought, oh, just roll with it again. And it was really beautiful. But when we did map out for Sienna's birth, it was never like birth plan was not something we, a term we used. It was birth intentions and, you know, that language that's just so nurturing and beautiful and and flexible. So with Luxie's birth, yeah, it was very much like go with the flow, it'll be fine. Um, and, you know, when you've got a toddler to think about, the things that I was thinking about, and you might have been the same too with your beautiful little poppet, but it's more like, okay, where's she going to be? Who's going to look after her? Um, will they be able to put her to bed? Like, you know, all those little things that you're used to doing and you've done them every single day for their whole life. And, you know, I was potentially going to be away for a couple of nights and was she going to be okay? So, you know, had mum all lined up and, um, I mean, obviously when you are planning on going into spontaneous labour, you don't necessarily know when that's going to be. Um, And my mum lives two hours away from us in the country, central west New South Wales. So um, I think we'd planned, I was due to give birth the day after Melbourne Cup Day. And um, 
that's another interesting fact about my babies. They've all come the day before their due date. So, um, yeah, it's really fascinating. <laughs> um, so with Luke, yeah, I was due the day after Melbourne Cup Day. And so mum had arrived the day before, no, say it was, yeah, the day before Melbourne Cup Day. So like two days before my due date. And, um, yeah, I just, she was like, okay, I'll just be there. And she said, I'll stay for two weeks if I need to. I'll just be around and help you potter around the house and we can cook or, you know, it'll be it'll be nice. So, um, yeah, I guess going into that birth, I was, I'd written a few things down, but I was more just flying by the seat of my pants a little bit too, I suppose. And I'd, I'd had lots of people say, oh, your second birth, oh, it'll be half the time of your first birth. It'll be super easy, you know, and my obstetrician, she was very much like, I have zero concerns about you. Like you'll be, you'll be fine. Um, so I didn't have any concerns. You know, I guess that you trust in what people say to you and that positivity is kind of infectious and you just kind of take that on. And um, my ex-husband used to say, oh, you're amazing. You're a natural, you know, I've got no hesitations, no queries, like you'll, you'll, you'll smash it again. So I just kind of, yeah, went into it possibly a little bit underprepared if that's a thing even though I'd done it all before um I probably didn't give it the same like I probably didn't do the same sort of like meditations and things like that you know in the weeks leading up to um but I didn't go into it with fear or anything like that um I just probably could have been a little bit more in the zone I suppose um yeah so when your mind, like when you have your first baby, like there's kind of nothing, there was for me anyway, there wasn't anything else to kind of consider. But with that second one, it's like, yeah, you just got this other little person to be thinking about quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I can so relate when you say about getting them cared for when you're preparing mm. to have another baby. And that can be quite consuming, especially when you don't have close family by and a big, yeah. um, yeah, I remember thinking about that a lot and it stressed me out. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you ended up having him the day before your due date. Would you like day to talk us through that? Yeah, yeah. So um, like I said, mum arrived um, the day prior to that and I remember we we must have gone to the shops. I thought, oh, I just want to get a couple of snacks for the, the labour bag kind of thing. And I remember walking through the shops with her and just feeling this heaviness. And I thought, oh, okay. Um, probably that funk um, right down deep. And I said to her, oh, okay, that was that was a clunk, but it didn't no, no other sort of needles or sensations. Um, we got Sienna from day. Went home and, yeah, so the next day was Melbourne Cup Day. So I said, well, let's go out for a really nice lunch. We'll get dressed up. It'll be so fun. And then I woke up, yeah, the next morning, which is the day before my due date, so Melbourne Cup Day, and I woke up and I heard this pop and I thought, oh. And I sort of felt like a little bit of moisture um, and I thought, I think my waters have just broken. But I sort of like rolled over and went back to sleep. It wasn't like a big event and it must have been, say, 6 a.m. And then I must have dozed for about an hour and then woke up at about 7 and I said to my ex-husband, I was like, can you just smell that 
liquid that's on the bed because <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's me, but I'm not sure if it's my water's breaking because when before I had Sienna, it was like you knew it was my water's breaking. So he was like, I can't smell anything. I don't know. Um, and then I went to the bathroom and I think I lost my mucus plug then. And I went up to mum and I said, so I'm having a baby today. And she said, are you in labour? And I said, well, I think my waters have broken. And I I think, um, yeah, I think labour's starting soon. And she said, oh, okay. So I rang the hospital and I said, look, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty certain my waters have broken. Um, is there anything I need to do? And they said, look, just go about your day as normal. Um, how long was your first labour? And I said, oh, it was it was about four and a half hours. And they said, okay, well, once you have your first contraction, give us a call and just let us know how you are. So I said, okay, yep, that's fine. So we got Sienna ready for daycare. She went off to to do that and um at the time yeah my ex-husband came home from dropping her off I think I must have sat up and had a piece of toast and a cup of tea and I said to him I've just got all this pressure like in my bottom and I said to mum you know what do you reckon she said just just ring the hospital again and so I rang them I said look I haven't had a contraction but I said I have so much pressure in my bottom that it feels like the baby's coming, but I haven't had any contractions. And they said, oh, how long was your first labour again? And I said, oh, only, it was only four hours and 20 minutes. And they said, how do you think your husband would be delivering this baby? And I said, terrible. They said, well, <laughs> what we'd like you to do is to get in the car and come over. <laughs> um, probably like sooner rather than later. I was like, perfect. Like I'd have, I've had a shower. I'm ready to go. Got the bags. Um, said, all right, mum, I'll I'll call you later. So said our goodbyes, drove to the hospital. So surreal because still no contractions. Wow. Um, it was wild. So then we turn into the hospital driveway. I had this almighty contraction that goes for a minute and a half. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, we're at the hospital. I'm in labour. Like, this is it. And sort of got to the front desk to sort of check in. Like, oh, yeah, what's your name? I said, oh, yeah, I'm Sally. And I think I'm in labour, but I'm not sure. And they were like, oh, I can come through. Um, these were just the front desk people. The ladies, like, you know, behind the scenes knew, all the midwives behind the scenes knew that I was on my way. And I said, look, I want you to do an internal because I want to know where I'm at. So they gave me an internal and I said, oh, you're six centimetres dilated. And I was like, I've literally had like one, maybe I'd had two contractions by this point. I was like, wow. And they said, look, you've probably got a pretty long day ahead of you. So why don't you go for a bit of a walk, get something to eat. Um, you know, your husband can get a coffee and, you know, come back. So I thought, oh, yeah, okay. And um, so we walked down to the cafeteria, which wasn't, it wasn't close by. Like it was a bit of a walk. And by the time we got there, the contractions had really, or those waves had really started and, um, we were standing there waiting for his order and I said to him, I've got to go. And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, I, this was probably, I think we got to the hospital about midday and I said to him, we're having a baby before lunchtime. And he was like, what? And I said, it's, we're having this baby like really soon. Um, 
And he said, oh, okay, yeah, go, go. I'll, I'll just get my coffee and I'll like meet you in a second. So I walked back into the birthing suite and I said, I want you to like, I don't know if I wanted them to check me again, but I just said, I want you to just observe me because I really feel like he's coming he's really low down. I knew I was having a boy this time around. Um, he's really low down and I'm really feeling like it just felt this heaviness. So um, the midwife got me to hop up onto the bed sort of on my, on all fours or maybe like on my knees, just leaning over the back of the bed. And she would watch me when I had a, a contraction and she said she could see like um, this movement, I suppose, and whether it was my waters or I, I actually don't know exactly what she was looking for, but she could see like internally something was kind of moving. Um, and she said, look, I, I think you've still got a little bit of time, um, but let's just get you comfortable. You know, do you want to come in the shower or do you want to, um, you know, what would you like to do? And I, oh, it was all happening so quickly. I really didn't feel like I could get myself in a zone. Oh, and that's right. Then my then my girlfriend messaged me, the one that we were pregnant at the same time with Sienna, um, and she said, um, oh, I just want to let you know, Anne has got worms and um, Sienna and he were playing like a couple of days earlier. So you might just want to worm Sienna. And so I'm reading this text message like, I don't have time for this. I better just, I'll just quickly ring mum. Mum, can you just worm Sienna because blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so like having this conversation, like meanwhile, I'm like eight centimetres dilated and about to go into transition and just, but, you know, just that, you just don't have the luxury the same way that you do that first time around. <laughs> so I'm, I'm there multi-skilling, um, multitasking, I should say. So, um, yeah, at that point I think I was just leaning over the bed, just, you know, having... Luca just in that like picturing my tummy as a hammock just sort of hanging there and that was feeling okay and in my head I kind of had thought oh I've heard about women giving birth on their knees um and they've really enjoyed that and I thought okay I'll I'll try and be on my knees um this time around because with Sienna I was on my back and um so yeah got up onto the bed and the midwife said okay I think, I think it's time that you can start pushing. And again, like I didn't really have that really strong urge to push. And I said to her then, I said, I, I don't want to, I, I think it's really going to hurt and I don't want to. And I was just, I couldn't pull myself into that zone of calm and relaxation and Zen, you know, with like I was with that first time around. Um, so I'd sort of, I guess it had all just like happened all of a sudden. Um, Anyway, so I hopped over onto my back and I said, I want to be on my back because I feel like being on my knees, it's all just going to happen too quickly. So I hopped onto my back and, um, again, they, like, coached me through and he was born, oh, I think it was maybe 10 minutes. Um, it wasn't wasn't long at all, no tearing, beautiful delivery. Um, yeah, it was 10 past 1, I think, Um it was really just so easy and, you know, of course, like I said with Sienna, like the head coming out, that was the part that I remember being uncomfortable. But um, I don't know, there was something about it being during the day, though, there was more light around and I think I much preferred that very dark cave, like, you know, where you can just sort of really focus on your breath and your body. Um, but then, yeah, he was here and I said to um, my ex-husband, I said, oh, 
um, the Melbourne Cup's running soon. Um, tell me what the horses' names are. So we listened to them. I said, Prince of Penzance, go and put, um, go and put a, bet, a bet on that. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. And he didn't. Um, and that horse went on to win the Melbourne Cup with the female jockey. Um, but that was just something that we've laughed about since. But, yeah, I was like, we've had our little prince. You've got to put a bet on for him. But, um, yeah, so he was born. Again, the placenta came really easily. Um, and then... I think I, yeah, I think I just hopped up and had a, you know, you know what to expect a little bit more. I knew that when I stood up, I'd probably have a little bit of a bleed and, or, you know, that, but all, when it happened that first time around, you know, I just didn't know what to expect as far as standing up and having, you know, that gush of, you know, waters and all that type of thing still come out. So hopped up and had a shower and I said, oh, I'd, um, I'd like to go back to my room now if that's okay. Um, I really, I want to watch the Melbourne Cup. And so they popped me in a wheelchair and took me down to, to our room. And as we went past the women um, that had checked me in, I was like, oh, so I was in labour. Here's my baby. And they're like, that was less than two hours ago. Like, you are wild. So, yeah, it was, again, it was a beautiful experience. I probably didn't have that same level of high and elation that I um, because it was just so authentic and just I don't know just like I said that first time around but um with Luxie I don't know if it was because I knew I was having a boy I felt connected to him straight away and I felt like I knew him straight away and I don't know if it was because I'd done it before but like breastfeeding was easier and bonding was easier and he was just such a chilled little dude and yeah it was lovely and you know like I co-slept with him from day one in the hospital and the midwives just, they could see I had it down pat and they trusted me and they didn't, you know, question the co-sleeping. They just let me be, which was, it was really empowering. Like first time around when you just have no idea and you've got all these different people telling you all these different things, it's so confusing. But second time around, yeah, there's, I don't know, there's just like a little bit more respect or something like that. So um, that was pretty, pretty great. And so different not having any stitches afterwards that I just felt felt like a normal person like quite quickly again afterwards. So I was really, really grateful for that. Um, yeah. Would you say that those births were painful? Um, Sienna's definitely wasn't. Um Luca, yeah, I, I did feel more pain with his, um, but I still didn't, the thought of like pain relief didn't cross my mind. So it wasn't painful enough for that. Um, yeah, I I felt more celebratory than in pain, if that can make sense. <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so great. So now if you years later now you're with a different partner you're engaged aren't you yes we are we're getting married in march which seems so oh. close very cool <laughs> yeah yeah so was um a baby on the horizon really soon for you guys was that a whole nother experience with a different partner yeah so um when you go through a marriage separation, um, well, for me, like that was that was 
rough um, and, you know, you need a bit of time on your own. And then Jack came into my life and we got to know each other, you know, I suppose slowly we did actually had a long distance relationship for about two years. Um, and then just in the, just before we went into lockdown um, in the March of 2020, he moved to Canberra and um, moved in with the kids and I. And I guess it was something that we'd spoken about. I'd always imagined having four kids. I always imagined this beautiful, chaotic, loving, crazy world. And so when I met him, he's actually five, nearly six years younger than me. So um, he didn't have any kids. And so it was something that we talked about sort of in passing, you know, didn't make any promises to each other, but it was something that, you know, we could both kind of see in our future. Um and, yeah, it was just a matter of when's going to be the right time. We really enjoyed our time um, getting to know one another um, in person, being in each other's space, you know, all the time rather than just on weekends or, you know, a couple of times a month or something like that. So um, we what had happened actually is my sister had told me she was pregnant and I said to him oh I really wish and I'd said to her too but I said to him oh, I really wish I was pregnant too because my sister and I when I had my babies she didn't have a partner and so we thought oh you know when we were kids we thought yeah one day when we were having kids it would be amazing to do it at the same time and I guess because I'd had my kids earlier um we just thought, okay, it's not going to be something that we share. And then, like I said, she told me she was pregnant. I really wished I was. And then kind of not that we didn't think about it, but we had been planning from the January of last year, um, okay, let's, and look, we do like to take pretty good care of ourselves, but we thought let's really, let's like prepare the temple. Let's, you know, let's fertilise the garden kind of thing. So, um we both were sort of more mindful of, you know, alcohol and foods and supplements and all of that type of thing. Um, and then we had this this weekend and I think it was a long weekend in April and we'd had this, we've always had a really beautiful intimate relationship and we had this great weekend and part of the weekend we had spent a really big chunk of a day talking about what it would be like for our family to have a baby. And it was a really beautiful time. It was a beautiful conversation. And, you know, we were walking past a park and there was a family with a baby having a picnic. And I was like, wow. I said, do you want that for us? And he was like, I, yeah, I really want that for us. And it was just a really, there was a lot of, we have a lot of love for each other anyway, but there was just like that next level of love and connectedness and intention around, you know, what our future looked like. And, um, yeah, so, yes, we had planned on having a baby. Um, did we plan to conceive when we did? Not necessarily, but <laughs> I absolutely see it as a gift because although, you know, I hadn't had challenges um, with fertility previously, I certainly knew a lot of people that had and to have then been gifted essentially this this pregnancy, I was I was thrilled and once Jack, you know, was not as frightened, he was thrilled too. Um, 
the timing was quite funny though because I just resigned from the job that I'd been in for 14 years and I'd started working in another little clinic and I think it was on my my fourth day there and I I'd ordered some food to be delivered by like Uber Eats or Menulog or something and I'd gotten this notification to say if it's been delivered it's like my food hasn't been delivered and I'm ravenous and all of a sudden I was crying and a mess because my food hadn't been delivered. <laughs> I thought, oh, shivers, these girls I'm working with are going to think, this woman's, she's crazy. And I said, I'm not usually like this. I'm just, I'm really hungry and I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> anyway, I rang Jack and I said, oh, like I'm starving. And anyway, I, my food's gone missing and I've just had a meltdown and I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, and I said, can you just get a pregnancy test on the way home? Because I think I was late for my my bleed. Um, but my new uniform was all white. So I, in my head, thought, I'm just paranoid about my bleed starting in my work uniform. That's why my cycle hasn't begun. And um, anyway, so long story short, he brings me a food delivery, buys a pregnancy test um, and a bottle of wine on the way home. And um, that's that. And so then I get home and... Driving home, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't think I could be pregnant. Like, I don't feel pregnant. I feel like I'm maybe a bit, maybe a bit premenstrual, but I don't feel like my boobs aren't sore. I'm not really that tired. Like, so I was just, you know, trying to work it all out in my head. Um, anyway, so I came in and I did have a glass of wine and he said, do you think you should go and um, pee on the stick? And I said, yeah, I think I should. Um, so I went and literally before I could even like pop the cap back on, there was two very, very strong lines and I was like, oh my gosh, we're having a baby. And I just walked out to him and he goes, we're pregnant, aren't we? And I said, yep, it's happening. And his first reaction was, how do you think the big kids will be? Like, do you think they'll be okay? Do you think it's the right time? And I said, yeah, that was his first thought, which was beautiful. And I said, I don't think there's... I don't think there's a right time here. Like I think they're beautiful kids and if we nurture them, they'll be okay. And, yeah, I think it's the right time kind of thing. And so then we we both just had like some little thinking time because it's big news, you know, when you, you don't necessarily set out to conceive a baby and then you get the news. It's You've got to still process that. So um, had a little bit of thinking time and then came back together the next night and unpacked it a bit more and yeah, decided we were pretty excited to be growing a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how were the big kids with the news anyway? Yeah, so we held off telling them until um, I was about 12 weeks, until we'd, you know, had all of the um, testing and all of those sorts of things happen um, just to make sure that, this little life on board was was healthy and um it was I we did take a video of telling them actually and Luca had been asking for a baby since he was four for his birthday that's what he asked for he asked for a baby and maybe even since he was three but I think it was about four and so I thought he was going to be really excited and he just started saying no no, I don't want you to have a baby. And I was like, oh, goodness, I was not expecting this. <laughs> so I said, oh, darling, why? And 
he just, he thought that meant that I wouldn't love him as much because I'd have to take a little bit of my love that I had for him and give it to the baby. Um, And when I explained to him that it meant that I wouldn't have to go to work every day and I could come and do home readers at the school and all of that type of thing, um, he thought that was pretty good. Um, Then COVID kind of put a little bit of a slant on all of that. But anyway, um, I was still around a lot more and, you know, it's, it's a different dynamic when you've got a baby in the household that you are, you know, you've got to be more um, in the home a bit more. For me, that's just how I wanted to be. Um, And Sienna said, oh, mum, I hadn't been wanting to say anything, but I thought your tummy had been looking a little bit different. I I didn't want to say anything, but I just had a feeling that something was going on. (laughs) So bless. It's been really beautiful to share with her actually, because, so she was eight when we found out we were pregnant and um, it was opened a beautiful door to be able to talk about, you know, um, the amazing powers of the female body and, you know, our cycles and all of that type of thing because she had lots of questions like, how did you know you were pregnant? How did you do, know to do the test? Like what triggered that? And so going through like our cycles and every month what happens and, I feel like her and I, just the bond, the, the sisterhood just got a lot stronger, um, which was really, really special. Yeah, so, so beautiful. And, I mean, I was 10 when my younger my youngest brother was born and yeah. I remember it all and treasure those memories. Yeah. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing to witness as a big sister and really be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. No. And she, you know, from really early on, she was like, you know, my mum's probably going to have a water birth. And, you know, like she just, I would have loved to have had her there. And I think she would have loved to have been there for the birth. Um, We did look into, once we were right down the track and, you know, I was probably about 36 or 37 weeks. We actually then really contemplated trying to get a home birth happening um, because COVID was quite rife and we were just a bit nervous about going into the hospital. Um, But she, I would have loved to have had her there. But anyway, she's seen all the photos and she's seen, you know, I've shown her videos and things. So, but yeah, she just has nothing but admiration for for women and for me, which was really, really special. Mm, Yeah, so nice. So having your previous two babies the day before their due date, were you expecting that this third time round? And also were you kind of feeling a bit nervous about having a relatively fast labour again? Yes. And, yes, both of those. Um, Coming up to my due date, I actually did not, a lot of people that were pregnant, well, when I say a handful probably, um, but there was a few people in my my circles that were pregnant, uh, my sister being one of them, and everybody had had their babies early. And, like, I'm talking kind of 14 to 7. So, you know, I think because I did most of my pregnancy in lockdown, the pregnancy felt really long and... I did feel quite, um, I felt pretty isolated, I suppose, because was, I was staying home a lot so I wouldn't catch COVID and I wouldn't become unwell. Um, but, yeah, I 
it was funny. Um, I put out to sort of all the aunties and uncles. So I've got two brothers and two sisters and then Jack's got a brother and a sister. And I think I put it out to the grandparents as well. But I said, why don't you all pick a due date or pick a date? And I wrote it all on the calendar and the kids picked dates as well. And um, it was really funny that we'd all picked dates, but on the 16th of January, which was the day before my due date, I just put a love heart there. And I don't know, I guess, I guess I just knew that that was going to be when he was born, um, being the day before the due date. Um, um, and definitely I was feeling very, very nervous about a fast birth um, because Sienna was four hours and 20 minutes, Luca was 90 minutes, and I thought if I go half again like this, I was a bit nervous. Um I was going through the birthing centre this time around and had this wonderful midwife um, through the CATCH program, it's called in Canberra. So it's a continuity of care, um, model of care. And um, so I saw the same midwife for all of my visits, maybe bar one. Um, and I had this very experienced, awesome um, midwife. And because we were in lockdown, um Jack couldn't come to the appointments with me in the first sort of two-thirds of the pregnancy, but towards the end, um, Xavier, my midwife, she would just come and see me at the house. And because I have a bit of a clinical setup, um, I've got a treatment bed, so I just hop up on the bed and she'd, you know, find Vinny's heartbeat and have a little bit of a feel around. And she was just so laid back, but very, if I had questions, she'd be answering them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a totally different thing that like my first antenatal appointment, we sat down at our dining table and had a cup of tea and just chatted. And it was just so, oh, it was just so natural and beautiful. And I just thought, you know, whilst my experience wasn't terrible with the mid with the obstetrician, I was just so happy to be honoring what I truly wanted and going through the birthing center this time around. Um, but yeah, I did say to her sort of from the beginning, like, I'm, I'm nervous about either not making it to the hospital or I just had this vision of being like on my hands and knees in my lounge room. And I said to her, I can't get this vision out of my head. And she just said to me, if things start and it doesn't feel safe to go to the hospital, call an ambulance and we'll take it from there and then call me, but, you know, call an ambulance first. So it was really nice to have that permission, I suppose, from early on. Um, and she said, look, even though you've had these fast labours, it's your third baby, um, you know, it's six years down the track, things could be different. Um, she definitely wasn't talking of a fast delivery, but she was just sort of like go into it with an open mind and don't sort of focus too much on what it could be. Um, and just sort of, you know, allow yourself to enjoy what it is going to be. So that was good advice. Um, I think because it was Jack's first baby and first birth that he'd been a part of, um, and I'd done it twice before and felt like I was amazing in, in those two births beforehand, I then started to feel all of this pressure that I had to show him this amazing birth and I had to be this, like, stoic goddess that just, like, breezed in, breezed out, gave birth, got home. You know, I just felt like started to put a lot of pressure on myself. So 
I had to really pull myself up a little bit with that um, and just be a bit kinder to how I was like viewing myself. Um, we found it difficult to find someone to support us. So it was hard to find a doula. It was hard to find, um, you know, calm birth classes and things like that because of the pandemic and lots of um, the capacity. Once we'd, I'd sort of, we'd gotten our head around what we kind of wanted. Um, we, yeah, we just missed the boat a little bit with um, some of those sessions. So we listened to lots of birth stories together. So we did listen to the Australian Birth Stories podcast a lot. Um, and that was beautiful um, for Jack and I to hear those stories and to um, just then talk about, okay, well, this woman had this experience or this man had this experience as the support person um, and what how we might see ourselves in those positions and how we might um, respond. I'd also shown Jack a couple of videos of women um, birthing and sort of trying to explain to him that he really just had to be there as a um, as a support person but almost just this like peripheral participant because I would be going very into myself and if I didn't reach out for him it didn't mean that I didn't need him but just to respect the fact that I might just sort of want him at arm's length rather than right in my space so um yeah we watched a couple of beautiful videos that really demonstrated that because I, I think you know being that little bit wiser um you just get a little bit better with communicating this is what I want and need from you and not just hoping that they're a mind reader and that they automatically know what to do for mm -hmm. you so um yeah that was beneficial in sort of the planning process so did your waters break at home this time? No. So this time around, um, Vinny was also posterior. So, well, yeah, we think he was posterior. So we were doing lots of um, abdominal sifting. I was doing lots of like cat-cow poses. I was bouncing on the ball a lot because I was feeling just very ready. Um and probably just a bit emotional as well, like really just like I'm I'm ready to meet this guy and I'm ready to have him safely in our arms. Um, because of COVID, oh, that's right, um, we were told, you know, if Jack contracts COVID, he can't come to the hospital with you. So there was just like there was a lot of kind of worry, I suppose, and a lot of anxiety around us not being together for the birth and having to do it like fire a screen and that type of thing. So, um I just was like, let's just get this baby here. Um, so, um, yeah, because he was posterior, we were doing lots of those sorts of moves. Um, and I was, you know, on the Clary Sage and he was massaging my pressure points. I was having acupuncture um, every week from 36 weeks. Um, and then the day, the birthing day, so... I'm trying to remember. I woke up, that's right, I woke up that morning and I remember waking up and thinking I feel completely normal and I was so sad because I thought I thought this was the day. I thought I was going to give birth today. And I got up and it was early and I'd left Jack in bed because um, it was January. I think he was on holidays. Oh, and it was a weekend, that's right, it was a Sunday. 
And I just came out to the couch and I just cried and cried. <laughs> and um, I then realised, so the day before I'd found this, I can't even remember this girl's name, but she's an American girl. She's a doula. And she'd put together these like, you know, 12 tips to go into labour. And the first thing she said was resolve any sort of emotional hang-ups you have. So do some journaling or, and I thought, oh, that's a funny thing to say. And I didn't think too much of it. But then the next morning when I woke up and I was like a mess, I just thought I think I need to do some journaling. So, um, yeah, I realised that I had to just put to bed a little bit um, from my past and open up to what my future was going to look like and just because things had turned out a certain way previously didn't mean that they were going to turn out that way this time around and um, once I'd written all of that down and sort of made peace with with that I felt a lot better but I did just say to Jack when he hopped up I said I just need some space for an hour or so just to like have my cry and do my journaling and just be with me and um, then I'll reach out to you and, you know, we can connect again. So that was actually really a beautiful part of the day. Um, And then he had to go and I think he had to go and drop something off to the big kids. So he went and then we needed a few things from the shops and so he just went and, like, did a few chores and I had a really long shower and I washed my hair and shaved my legs and just really just like nurtured myself and then I went and just I just kept having this pull to going we've got this really beautiful backyard and I just kept having this pull to just go and stand out there so after I'd had this shower I just went and I stood outside and just full sunshine and got my belly out there and was just just put my feet on the ground and just really grounded myself and just was like you are a goddess You've, you've got this whether it happens today or tomorrow or in two weeks' time, you're going to be okay. Um, And then I went back inside and I started putting, rubbing moisturiser on my body and and I felt this tightening and I was like, oh, that's that's not a Braxton Hicks. Like that's really like, that's wrapped all the way around. I thought, I'll just check the time Um, because that's, I started counting like it felt really intense. So I was like, oh, that was about 90 seconds and that was at about 3.30 in the afternoon. Um, and then nothing kind of happened. And when Jack got home, it must have been about 4.30 or even 5. I said to him, I think I've had one contraction, but I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I'm just not sure. Oh, and I think the night before I'd had my show, that's right. But then, yeah, nothing else physically had happened. Um, so I, you know, I sensed that something wasn't too far away, but I think my, my sense of urgency was inhibiting my, my instincts. Um, so anyway, it was cricket season. And so we were you know, on the couch watching cricket. I was obsessed with eating pineapple and watermelon. And so we're sitting there and having a great afternoon. And I think it was a break in the cricket and we were obsessed with playing cards. The kids had gotten all these card games for Christmas. So I said, all right, let's play cards and this game called Hit the Deck. So we were playing Hit the Deck. I'm pretty sure I was winning. And <laughs> I looked at the clock and it was, I think it was about 5 or 5.30. No, it was quarter to 6. 
that's right. And I was just sort of glancing at the clock as we were playing. And I said to Jack, oh, can you just get that contraction timer out? And he's like, why? What's happening? And I said, oh, I, I think I'm having contractions and I think they're quite close together, but I'm just not sure. So he's a very action stations kind of man and I knew that as soon as I mentioned I thought I might have been having contractions that his, he would be kind of a little bit on edge, that I was just trying to stay really calm. Um, and he was like, but, but you're not moving or changing and, like, you haven't, like, reacted to anything. I said, no, I feel, I feel amazing, but I'm just, I'm just mindful that I think they're quite close. So he started, we started timing them. Um, at about quarter to six or six o'clock and they were about like five minutes, maybe seven minutes apart, five minutes apart and very quickly they moved to like four, three, two minutes apart and that was all in a space of about 20 minutes. And um, so we rang the midwife and I said, look, I think I'm in labour. The contractions are like I've only been having them for about half an hour but they're pretty close. They're pretty consistent. Um, still pretty comfortable, but just wanted to give you the heads up. She said, all right, ring me when they've been consistent for an hour. So I rang her back in another like 20 or 30 minutes and I was like, they're consistent. They're getting a lot more spicy. And um, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm starting to feel like that it's, it's happening um, and so with each sort of wave or sensation, Jack would just come around and sort of squeeze my hips together and it'd be really comfortable and that was okay. Um, and um, so that, that was, we were managing that. But when I spoke to the midwife that second time, she said, okay, um, I'll just brush my teeth and I'll meet you at the hospital. Um, I'll give you a call when I'm leaving my place. And I said, okay. So then I started to just, like, my bag had been packed for a while, um, but I I wanted to do was have, like, some towels and some spare undies in the car in case my waters broke. And do you think I could get myself together to get those, like, two things? <laughs> sort of, I just couldn't. The, the waves were just coming so, like, frequently and I just couldn't kind of, get my head in the game to like, where do I keep my undies? I can't remember like which drawer they're in. Like I just couldn't kind of bring it all together. So anyway, finally she rang and she said, I'm leaving. And we said, yep, we're getting in the car too. Um, and it was getting a bit pretty intense by that time. So got in the car. That drive to the hospital was, and by this stage yet, yeah, the contractions were two minutes apart. They were like 45 to 75 seconds um it was happening and I suppose when they first sort of started Jack said oh well like the contraction timer app that we had kept saying you need to go to the hospital and I was like I'm fine I don't need to go to the hospital Jack's like I think we need to go to the hospital and so he was like encouraging me by the time we hopped in the car I was like yep I definitely need to go to the hospital um so we got in the car and like hopping into the car was difficult to sit and to be comfortable um and I remembered you sharing about your and I love music and I remember you sharing about songs that you had when your babies were born and I thought yeah so I had this playlist that I've been listening to for the days leading up to um and I had had like a, a like woman power kind of set of music and then I just had 
a soundtrack that I called Bring Baby Home um, or Bring Baby to Us. And um, we put we hopped in the car and Jack's like, should I put the cricket on? And I was like, no, you need to put the music on, okay? And I was like, how dare you even suggest the cricket? <laughs> Watching it when we're inside, like what's the difference? So um, I knew that I was getting into the like, okay, don't mess with me kind of zone. Um and anyway, so the drive to the hospital was about, yeah, 20, 25 minutes. Thankfully, the contractions slowed down. So they slowed down to about every five minutes while we were driving, which I was grateful for. Um, and then we pulled up at the hospital. It was a Sunday afternoon, so or Sunday night. It was about quarter to eight. Um, there was no one around. It was so nice. We had to sort of do the check-in when we got downstairs but from the car park or downstairs up to the birthing suite, um, I think I had seven contractions and it's it's not that fast. So they were coming like every minute or, yeah, probably every minute or so. Um, so that was pretty intense. And then, yeah, Xavier let us in and she said, oh, okay, so that's right. I had to give birth in the main birthing suite because they'd converted the birthing centre to a COVID, a COVID ward, so for birthing women. Um, and I, I said to her, I really want a water birth. And are there baths in this section? She said there's like two rooms with a bath. I've gotten us one of them. I'm running the bath. The only thing is it's right down the end of the hallway. Do you think you can make it down there? <laughs> I was like, I'll try and get down there without having another contraction. And I didn't quite make it, but um, that was okay. Because, you know, the bath was being run and I said to Jack, okay, when we get inside, like just all I want is like the music and just you. And, you know, if we can do the diffuser, great. If not, that's fine. So I walked in, I looked up at the clock and it was 8 p.m. And I just threw my dress off, kicked my shoes off, went over and put my hands on the side of the bath and just took a breath. And then my waters just burst all over the floor. (laughs) And I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, okay, oh, right. And she's like beautiful the waters are the right color that all looks great um and she said I think you better get into the bath and I said oh what do you mean she said I think this baby is very very close and if you want a water birth then you better hop into the bath so I didn't think I was going to be able to get into the bath because my contractions were so you know they were really stacking on top of each other and I felt like I couldn't lift one leg over to kind of climb in but got in knelt on the side like leaning on the side of the bath and kind of didn't move from that position. Um, again, because it came on very, very quickly, I did find it really, really hard to get into that calm, peaceful Zen zone. Um, and the other thing, you know, protocol of checking the mother while she's in, she's laboring in the bath is the heart rate has to be found um, by, on the baby, you know, I can't remember how frequently it is, but it felt like she was checking every two minutes. So every time I'd like kind of get into the zone, she'd be like feeling around and then I'd have to lean back. And it was just, it was a little bit disruptive. Um, And I had sort of said, look, I would like the most hands-off delivery that I can have. And I would like to catch Vinny or the baby myself. Um, Because I'd sort of said to Jackie, do you want to catch him? And he said, you have grown this baby and you've put in the hard yards. I think you should catch him. So that was pretty special for him to give me that job. Mm. Um, so I said to Xavier, now, just remember, I want to catch him. And so it all, yeah, it all was really 
happening. So I went into transition very, very quickly after I got into the bath and I was feeling pretty overwhelmed, like the water was too hot and I couldn't calm down and then I couldn't get in my zone and eventually, and I think I was getting quite vocal and maybe a little bit agitated and Xavier just said to me, we've talked about this, you're going to breathe this baby out, take a breath, like you're in control here. So I just, yep, took a breath and kind of pulled myself in. Um, It was, he was my most intense birth sensation wise and I think it's because I was on my knees um I for the first time felt the urge to push but I also experienced that fetal ejection reflex where um my body just started pushing without me even knowing what I was doing and then me pushing just made it all happen so much more quickly so I think my second stage was five minutes or less it was really really fast um, and then, you know, Xavier's saying to me, okay, Sally, listen to me. As soon as you see him come out, you need to lift him straight up onto your chest. And I was like, yep. Okay. Got it. Um, when he's, he's, he started crowning, I did reach down and, and feel his head and I was like, oh my gosh, he's got all this hair. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. And so that was like, you know, a very grounding kind of moment to sort of feel this real little person, this real life person was literally just moments away from meeting us. Um, so yes, birthed him, pulled him up onto my chest as it was the most surreal moment, like pulling him up out of the water, our eyes just locked. And he just looked at me like I've been waiting for you my whole life. And it was like, he just knew me straight away. It was, it was really, really powerful. And, um, yeah, I just felt like I was looking at someone that I already knew and, yeah, it was just, it was intense. And so I brought him up onto my chest and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. That's just, oh, my gosh, I've done it. Wow, he's here. He's healthy. He's a good colour. He's he's beautiful. Um, yeah, then um, there was a, all of my births, I think I've had a student as part of it, but this student was a little more hands-on and the girls just, they just kept me warm and sort of put a blanket over Vinny or a towel over him and I didn't lose much blood, which was really, really good. Um, I was worried about both of us getting cold, so I sort of, I think we're in the water for, I don't know, a little while, but um, then I said, oh, look, I think I want to hop out and just hop onto the bed and just feel a bit more grounded um and so we hopped up and Xavier said oh now remember you've still got the placenta I said oh oh yeah I forgot about that so um sort of climbed out of the bath and I'm holding on to Vinny and she said do you want to just sort of just squat down and just see if you can just sort of like give a little push and we'll see if it it can come out and so birthed the placenta seamlessly it just came out so beautifully um and then hopped over onto the bed and sat there and Jack and I were just looking at each other going, oh, my gosh. Like I said to him, were we just playing cards like two hours ago? (laughs) He was like, we were. We were playing cards at our dining table two hours ago and now we have this baby in our arms and, oh, it was just, it was crazy. And um, he was born to Phil Collins' groovy kind of love and which could just not have been more perfect. So, 
I think that's the song I'm going to walk down the aisle to when Jack and I oh. get married. <laughs> and it's just going to be, yeah, we're going to be bawling. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was so lovely. Um, the placenta was huge and he had a really long umbilical cord and so we sort of like let that all settle before we cut the cord and, um, yeah, just got acquainted with this beautiful little man, I think, Doing it third time around, I just knew all those things that I wanted to do. I wanted to do like the breast crawl and all that type of thing. So we did that. And I suppose one of the benefits of it being a pandemic is there was just no one around. We literally saw two people the whole time we were at the hospital. Um, Being under that like continuity of care with the midwife in the catch program meant that we could be discharged four hours after birth. So we went home, we were back home in our own bed by about 2.30, 3 o'clock, which again was just like, what, did we Did we just do that? Like it was just so, so surreal. Um, and, of course, did not sleep because I had this brand-new gorgeous baby that I just couldn't stop staring at. Um, and it was just perfect timing because, We'd arranged for the big kids to be dropped off at 10 o'clock the next morning before I even knew I was in labour. So we knew that we had them arriving um, and I didn't want to tell their dad that the baby had been born. I, we wanted to give them that news. So Jack and I sort of got up the next morning and I said, okay, well, I'll be on the couch and you answer the door and send them in and we filmed their reaction and it was just Luca who sort of cried that he didn't want a baby was just because every time they'd come back from their dad, they'd be like, have you had the baby yet? Like I'd be picking them up from school in the car and they'd be like, have you had the baby yet? Like, oh, no, darling, you're still in my tummy. Um, but he walked in he's like, oh, is that our baby? Oh, my gosh. And like tears and it was just, yeah, it was just beautiful. So, so I surreal. I have seen that video. And yeah, I have you seen it? Yeah, I my did. eyes out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very special and um a beautiful snapshot of what life with our little baby has been like and, um, yeah, bringing us joy every single day. So, yeah, it's, it's been a ride and it's been so special and I just can't believe how lucky I am to have these three kids. <laughs> so gorgeous, Sally. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Thank you. well Sally thank you so much for coming on and sharing it's been really beautiful to listen to all three of your births thank you I know I'm sorry I probably go into lots of details but um yeah it's something that I've feel so privileged to have been able to enjoy um this, this part of my life and um it's just been such a privilege to share it with you and I feel so indulged that I've been able to share it um tonight and yeah thank you so much for listening Mm, the pleasure was mine. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Bloom Birth Stories. If you enjoyed, please subscribe and share with a friend. And if you'd like to share your story, reach out. You can find me over on Instagram at Kate Bloom Doula. See you next week, beautiful. <laughs>